So if you are new to our church here, if you're new to Nixon United Methodist, one of the things we do is we try and focus on sermons and times together that are meaningful, that actually teach us something and a way to apply our faith to the everyday life. But one of the ways that that maybe sometimes gets mishandled is sometimes people will take the Bible and use it to hurt other people. And they'll take specific Bible verses and use them as a way to clobber other people with them. And there are a specific set of verses that have been called the clobber verses, designed to be taken, well, they're not designed to, but they end up being forced and shoehorned and used to hurt people. Well, starting on January the 13th, we're going to have a new sermon series that's going to address just those actual verses and what's going on. And I have a video I want to show you very quickly, if it works. It might not work. There it is. Drop your sword. intentionally getting into some of these more controversial verses, these controversial pieces of scripture, that maybe you are sitting here today going, I've had those used to hurt me, and that didn't feel real great. And out of that sermon series, hopefully two things will come out. One, lots of references to the princess bride, but two, a time of healing and of rebuilding a trust in scripture a trust in the church, and a trust in Jesus, that Jesus is not really out to get us and use rules to smite us and keep us down. That's coming January 13th, and I hope that you'll join us for that. But for tonight, we're talking about the hymn, Go Tell It on the Mountain. We wanted to take the last few weeks of the Advent season and talk about the hymns that we sing. We just sang, go tell it on the mountain. We sing this all the time. We sing it every year. But what are we actually singing about? So to drive that point home, Chase is going to be talking about the notes, the little dots on the page in the hymnal. Apparently they mean things. And he's going to talk about what they mean and why they mean what they mean. And then after he's done, I'll come back up and talk a little bit about the lyrics and what they teach us about Jesus and about Scripture and about our faith. So I'll invite Chase our music director, to join us. Nice to see you dressed up for church today. <laughs> so, since this is our modern service, this is what we wear. <laughs> and I asked him, I specifically texted him, are you wearing what we normally wear? He said yes, and he lied. I didn't lie. I have that shirt on. It's just under this one. Check, check. Yeah. We got, we got a thumbs up in there the back. Go. Okay, great. So I'm Chase Upchurch. I'm our music director here. I'm not a pastor. Um, just so you don't get confused, we look alike. So, 
Um, I go to school at Slippery Rock. I'm a, I study voice. I do a little bit of piano. Um, and tonight we're going to be talking about Goats Out on the Mountain from the musical perspective. Um, and so two weeks ago we did Away in a Manger. And then last week we also did O Come All Ye Faithful. And kind of some of the ideas that the composers had in mind as they were crafting these hymns, that, uh, they, how they correspond to um, us today in our lives and our walk with Christ. So from Luke chapter 19, 30, uh, verses 37 through 40. As Jesus approached the road leading down from the Mount of Olives, the whole throng of his disciples began rejoicing. They praised God with a loud voice. Hold up. Because of all the mighty things they had seen. They said, blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heavens. Now some of the Pharisees from the crowd said to Jesus, teacher, scold your disciples. Tell them to stop. Jesus answered, I tell you, if they were silent, the stones would shout. From Psalm 66, 4. All the earth bows down to you. They sing praises to you. They sing praises of your name. From 2 Chronicles. The trumpeters and musicians joined in unison to give praise and thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments, the singers raised their voices in praise to the Lord and sang, He is good, his love endeavors forever. Now this list is not exhaustive whatsoever. It's just um, three of my favorite hymn or three of my favorite verses um, about singing and kind of about hymns. Um, but it's it it poses a very interesting question of why in the Bible are there so many references to music, and why in the Bible are there so many references to us singing praise to God, specifically singing, and the universe and the earth singing His praises. That question becomes very, very interesting when we look to music and the science of music. Um, Karen, can you put up the, the little diagram? If it'll work. We'll see. So in science and music, there's a phenomenon known as the harmonic series. The harmonic series goes by three different names. It goes by the harmonic series, the chord of nature. Is it not? It's not going to work. Okay, that's fine. I'll explain it. Um, the harmonic series, the chord of nature, and the overtone series. Now, what this is, it, and it's not on the screen, but it's kind of okay. Um, so if you have like a string, like a piano string, okay, and, and it vibrates. It vibrates along the entire length of the string once, and that creates a note that we could sing, something like this. Um, as it vibrates along the entire length of the string, it also vibrates in half. And that next point creates another note that we can't really hear all the time, but it creates another note. Now, it, it goes the entire length of the string, half of the string, half of that half, half of that half, and then indefinitely forever as far as we can measure in science. So it just goes in halves and halves and halves and halves. And each time it goes in half, it makes a whole new note. Now, it, it, it's far more complicated than I'm explaining it. Um, but it makes, if we were to start on one of these notes, here are all the notes that it would make. So it would start with this one. It would then go with this one, and then this one, and then this, this, this. Do we get it? No, we have a person running on a beach. <laughs> so we have all of these notes. And then the next one's halfway between uh, these two notes. Somewhere in there. So we'll go with the lower one, and then the top one. Now, if we take all of these notes and we put them in order as if they would appear on the piano, it sounds something like this. And I'll take out all the ones that repeat themselves, because some of those notes that I just played are duplicates. It sounds something like this. 
Now, raise your hand if that means anything to you. <laughs> well, that, we have, a, we have a, an elite jazzer in here. Um, seriously, he's like a crazy performer. Makes me nervous when he's in here. Um, <laughs> but how about if I play it like this? Probably means something to us now. We've heard that one before. Right? We hear kids do that all the time. Na, 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 na. And no one teaches them how to do it, right? They just do it, and then like, maybe they've like, oh, I do that at home. And they heard their friend do it, so like, I can do it now. And then they all start singing, na, 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 na. Well, it's, it's, uh, there's been many studies across all the continents that have humans on them um, that kids across the world, they sing these patterns first. They sing these notes first, and it's all due to the science of the harmonic series that says anything that vibrates, vibrates in this pattern as long as it's able to be like a sustained pitch. Now, what's interesting is that everything in the universe is made of atoms, and atoms all vibrate. So potentially, everything in the universe vibrates this kind of sequence, and then indefinitely up forever as far as pitch goes. Now you're probably wondering, I graduated high school a long time ago, why am I getting this physics, this <laughs> physics lecture? It relates to our hymns because those notes that I just played, they create a scale which composers use to make music. Now that scale is what we call the pentatonic scale. You probably heard it. Um, if you play any of the black keys, it creates the pentatonic scale. Um, you've probably heard it on like a wind chime or something as it's like a, a windy day or whatnot. That's the scale that the overtone series, which should be up here, but it's a woman running. <laughs> that, that, that scale is what is used in Go Tell It on the Mountain. Now, the exact same scale that the universe vibrates, that the universe sings, just like scripture tells us, is the exact same scale that the composer said, this would be a great scale to tell of the birth of Jesus. Now, I find that extremely interesting because it's not only us now that are singing, go tell it on the mountain. It's there. <laughs> yes, this is it. Look how confusing that is. Wasn't my version much better than that? So the composer chose to use this scale, the one that the universe is already humming. It's already singing, that God set it into motion, all of the world constantly vibrating, which is probably, you know, a feeling we're pretty used to, constant motion during the Christmas season. But the composer chose to use this most accessible scale to have us sing, go tell it on the mountain. The one that we inherently know, the one that we can inherently sing as kids without ever being taught. So there's two parallels here. We have this scale that is so accessible that parallels to Jesus coming and making God's love so accessible for us, so inherent, and the kingdom of heaven ready and accessible for us, we get to sing about the God of the universe with this scale. And the other thing is, how many times when you sing, you know, go tell it on the mountain, do you think about the mountain actually singing with you? Everything that vibrates, vibrates this pattern. And the composer used that scale to say, go sing. Go sing in harmony with the universe. Don't just sing, but proclaim the coming of Christ with the universe that's already singing his praises. 
which for me takes that entire hymn and kind of flips it on its head because it's no longer just like a jolly kind of fun hymn. Like this is one of like the fun hymns, you know. Da, 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 da. It's kind of like honky-tonkish. But it's now like a super meaningful hymn, something that has already been pre-described for us in the universe. So when we sing, we're not singing alone, but we're singing with everything around us, the, the stars our skin that moves, the trees, the leaves, everything is raising its voice to sing to Christ. Absolutely. So what you see here is Go Tell It on the Mountain is singing, is giving us this resonance that the whole world is already vibrating at. That not just the world, but the stars and the sky and the moon and the galaxies and the atoms and the neurons and the protons and the quarks, they're all vibrating to this rhythm that God has given to us. And we take that rhythm and we add to it these lyrics. And these lyrics in this hymn that we just sang, they bring us into the story of Luke chapter 2, where Jesus is born and the angels show up and the shepherds hear it, and they go, and they visit. But then it changes to the chorus of that hymn. And it says, go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. But if all the verses are telling us the story of the shepherds and the baby Jesus and all of this, where do the mountains come in? Because the shepherds are in a field, and Jesus is in a manger, and... Where is the mountain? This, this seems to strike me as, as a weird thing to be talking about when everything else in this song is about what's actually happening in Luke chapter 2. Suddenly they deviate and go somewhere else. That somewhere else happens to be in the Old Testament of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 52, verse 7. This prophet Isaiah, he writes, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of a messenger who proclaims peace, who brings good news, who proclaims salvation, who says to Zion, your God rules. Zion is the name in the Old Testament for people who followed God. Zion was the city where God lived and the people who were there were the ones who followed God. So the author, the composer of this hymn, is taking the story of Jesus' birth and saying that when you tell this story, you have the beautiful feet of Isaiah that are messengers upon the mountains, that are proclaiming peace who are bringing good news and salvation and saying the God who put that harmonic resonance there is still in charge, is still ruling. Now, turn with me back to the story in Luke chapter 2. Starting in verse 10, the angel said, I bring you good news. They are proclaiming good news. Verse 11, your Savior is born. The one who brings salvation is born. In verse 14, glory 
to God in heaven and peace among those whom God favors. Your God, the God that you follow here, is the one who is still in charge. The author of Go Tell It on the Mountain, which is actually interesting. The author of Go Tell It on the Mountain, we're not entirely sure who it is. When you look in the hymnal, you can find the author's name or who they tell you it is. But that guy founded in a book of African-American spirituals from the time of slavery with no author attributed to it. So we don't know the person who originally wrote it. But what we can know is that they took the story in Luke chapter 2 and said that when we share that story, when we talk about God's birth in the flesh, we are connected to Isaiah and how beautiful the feet upon the mountains of the messenger who brings good news. Good news that a Savior is born. A Savior who comes to save regardless of what's happened, regardless of our past, regardless of what we've done, regardless of the things that hold us back, that Savior was still born. Who brings peace. Peace, not that says everything is perfect. Not that says everything is the way it's supposed to be. But says in the midst of that chaos, God still rules. At the time of Jesus' birth, the Romans controlled the known world. And they controlled it by the end of a sword and said, you do what we tell you to and you can have peace. You don't, we chop off your head, put it on a stake outside of town and everyone knows you didn't listen to us. This God still rules, even when it looks that terrifying. This God, born in a manger, is the one who brings peace and salvation and good news. Good news to you and to me, to the stars and the rocks and the chickens and the fish to the protons and the neurons and the quarks and all of those things in between. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 20, it says that through Jesus and his work on the cross, all things are reconciled to God. This is the good news of Jesus, that a fancy seminary education will teach you old Greek words that are found in the Bible, and the word used here for all things literally means everything. Every single thing we can touch, feel, know about, think about, you and me, this becomes good news. The harmonic resonance of the universe is that you and I have been reconciled to God, no matter what. And so we sing, go tell it on the mountain, not because we know it, but because sometimes we need to hear it. We sing, go tell it on the mountain, not because it's brand new, because the universe has already been singing it. 
but because we need the reminder. Because for some of us, the holiday seasons are anything but joyful. The last thing we want to do is go tell it on the mountain. In fact, some of these holiday seasons leave me wanting to go tell something to that guy in front of me on the way to Walmart. And it's not that Jesus Christ is born. Although sometimes it does involve Jesus Christ, but that's another story. Welcome, if this is your first time, welcome to the church of the imperfect pastor. What? What? Oh, I'm sorry, you didn't know? (gasps) I'm sorry. But the entire universe sings of the good news of Jesus. And so we go and we tell it on the mountain, not because it's new, but because we've heard it and we resonate the way the universe does. Let us pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for using every piece of the universe to sing of your praises, to call us as your own, as reconciled. We pray that when we doubt, we would still hear that song. When we question and we wonder and we worry, we would hear that you have called to us. When everything is going great, when the world is perfect and the sun is shining, we pray that we would still hear your song. When we see our friends our loved ones, and our family who are hurting, we pray that they would hear us singing that you were born this day, that you have reconciled us to you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.